0: Thanks for tuning into the Glenridge Church message. It's great to have you with us. Our mission is to love God, love people, and live to change the world. If we can help you in any way at all, feel free to reach out to us on hello at Glenridge.org.za. And so, if you would mind turning to Joshua chapter two in your Bibles, that would be great. And we are going to look at uh, one of the one of the very special people that comes out of, that emerges out of the book of Joshua. For those that don't know me, my name is Stan. I'm one of the pastors in this church, and it is great to see you and great to have you with us if you are visiting. This morning, I want to talk about two people's faith, two people's faith out of Joshua chapter two. Then Joshua, son of Nun, secretly sent two spies from Shittim, it's quite awkward, but it's in the Bible, and it's actually quite a significant place. Yeah, I'm having all sorts of thoughts, but I'm not going to say them, just in case it's inappropriate. Well, I know it isn't; it is inappropriate. Go look over the land. This is what we do often in the toilet. I find is that I look over the land. Okay, one of them came out. Okay, I'm sorry. God speaks to me when I'm on the toilet. That's that place. It was a significant place. God spoke to them and said, You've got to move on from here. Get out there. How many of us are sitting in the toilet? This is not great exegesis, by the way. Then Joshua, son of Nun said secretly to the two spies, Go go look over the land, he said, especially Jericho. So they went and entered the house of a prostitute named Rahab, toilets and prostitutes. This is the Bible. Who stayed there. The king of Jericho was told, Look, some of the Israelites have come here tonight to spy out the land. So the king of Jericho sent his message to Rahab, Bring out the men who came to you and entered your house because they have come to spy out the whole land. But the woman who had taken the two men in and hidden them, but the woman had taken the two men and hidden them. She said, yes, the men came to me, but I didn't know where they had come from. At dusk, when it was time to close the city gate, the men left. I don't know which way they went. Go after them quickly, you may catch up with them. But she had taken them up to the roof and hidden them under the stalks of flax she had, on, she had laid out on the roof. So the men went out in pursuit of the spies on the road that leads to the fords of Jericho. And as soon as the pursuers had gone out, the gate was shut. Before the spies lay down for the night, she went up on the roof and said to them, I know that the Lord has given this land to you and that a great fear of you has fallen on us so that all who live in this country are melting in fear because of you. We have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea when you came out of Egypt and what you did to Sion and to Og, the two kings of the Amorites, east of the Jordan, whom you completely destroyed. When we heard of it, our hearts melted and everyone's courage failed because of you. For the Lord your God is God in heaven above and on earth below. Now then, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show kindness to my family because I have shown kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my my father and mother, my brothers and my sisters, and all who belong to them, and that you will save us from death. Our lives for your lives, the men assured her. If you don't tell if you don't tell what we are doing, we will treat you kindly and faithfully when the Lord gives us the land. So she let them down by a rope through the window for, uh, uh, for the house she lived in was part of the city wall. God doesn't leave out the detail of that on purpose. Remember, the part of the house that was was part of the city wall. Now she said, said to them, go to the hill so that the pursuers will not find you. Hide yourselves there for three days until they return, then go on your way. The men said to her, this is the oath we made, that you made, us swear, will not, bind, will not be binding on us unless you enter the land, unless when we enter the land, you have tied this scarlet cord on the, in the window through which you let us down. So this, bind, this oath that we're making, this promise that we won't touch you, that we'll spare you and your family will not be... Ratified will not happen unless you tie the scarlet cord in the window through which you have let us down. And unless you have brought, brought your father and mother, your brothers, and all your family into your house. If anyone goes outside your house into the street, his blood will be on his own head, he will, and we will not be responsible. As for anyone who is, who is in the house with you, his blood will be on your head if a hand is laid on him. Sorry. As for anyone who is in the house with you, his blood blood will be on our head if a hand is laid on him. But you tell, but if you tell what we are doing, we will be released from the oath you made us swear. Agreed, she replied, let it be as you say. So she sent them away and they departed. And she tied the scarlet cord in the window. Amazing thing. Immediately she responds. When they left, they went into the hills and stayed there three days until the pursuers had searched all along the road and returned without finding them. Then the two men started back. Then they went out of the hills, forded the river, and came to Joshua, son of Nun, and told him everything that had happened to them. They said to Joshua, the Lord has surely given us the whole land into our hands. All the people are melting in fear because of us. It is this incredible picture... Of God using two groups of people with different kinds of faith. The first group of people in the story is the faith of Joshua. The first person whose faith I want to quickly look at is the faith of Joshua. And the second person that whose faith we want to look at is the faith of Rahab. The faith of Joshua, remember, was something like this. He had seen before, he had, he had been with the group of people that Moses had sent into the promised land to spar out in Numbers chapter 13. And it wasn't just Moses. God had told Moses to send the spars there. And so he was part of that group, and he came back with Caleb with a good report. The 10 others came back with a bad report. And so the people of God believed the ten and didn't believe the two. They didn't trust in God. And so they stood around, went around the desert for 40 years until a new generation emerged that had faith, that had faith to see walls come down and have faith to see giants beaten. And so Joshua had seen this before. And the first thing I want to say about this thing called faith, friends, faith is not presumption. What happens in Numbers 13 and 14 is that uh, suddenly they realize, actually, we've messed up, and God said, well, you're not going in. Suddenly they realize, no, we are going, actually, we've messed up, actually, go, we're going to go, and we're going to take some hill country, and they go and fight a battle that God doesn't call them to fight, and they get beaten. You see, faith, friends, is not presumption. God is good and always good, but God also has a will. And so we've got to find out what this good God's will is before we can act in faith. Because faith is not hyper-thinking, drumming it up. Faith is actually the ability to hear God's word, to hear what God is saying, and to act on it. And so Joshua knew this, and by sending in spies, he was not acting without faith. Actually, what he thought was, I can imagine him saying, well, we sent out some then, why don't I send out some now? And what's also we see in Joshua's heart is that he's not he's not doing this without faith because he says to the spies he says go in check it out but specifically look at Jericho. So you can see Joshua the tactician, the the strategist, knows there's a flooded river in front of him, but he's already got faith to know that I'm going to cross the river with these people and the first encounter that we're going to have is is Jericho and I want to know what we're going to do there. So he is already in faith two or three steps ahead of where they are at the moment. So actually, friends, this idea of sending out spies is not a faithless thing. It's actually a prudent thing. You see, faith is not foolhardy. Faith and wisdom are not opposed to each other. We cannot use wisdom to negate faith. I oh, know that's not wisdom. In the meantime, you actually just don't want to act with faith. But faith actually needs wisdom. And so what we see here is Joshua acting with wisdom, acting and, and, and saying, actually, I'm gonna, we're going to count the cost. What's going on there? I want to know what's going on because God's going to give us a strategy to defeat that group of people. And it's amazing that they come back with this report. The Lord has given the whole land into our hands. They've gone into one city, stayed with one prostitute woman, and they, they come back out of that with this thing in their, their hearts. The Lord has given us the whole land. You see, this was not a faithless exposition, this uh, 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 Expedition. This was an expedition that actually carried the heart of God, that carried, and they, the spires that went in there went with eyes of faith. Faith is not foolhardy. Faith actually needs wisdom to outwork itself, and Joshua, the strategist, knows that. Can I also just say this, friends? Nobody's faith is perfect all the time. Nobody has perfect faith all the time. We go through our seasons of incredible faith, and sometimes some of us have the gift of faith that operates in certain moments and seasons. But friends, most of us have got to understand and learn to walk with God because we understand this, that faith is not perfect all the time. We've got to know that actually even when our faith is not perfect all the time, God is perfect all the time, and His loving kindness is over us all the time, and actually all God really needs is a mustard seed anyway to move a mountain. And so I want to encourage you in this season, be like Joshua and see with eyes of faith. See with eyes of faith. Send out your spies, but don't send out your spies because you're fearful. He didn't send out the spies and say, check out the military might of our enemies. He sent out the spies and say, how are we going to defeat Jericho? Go and find out. It's a very different posture that Joshua had. The second thing, before we get to Rahab, I want to just say this is they go to this this prostitute lady's house, Rahab. One of the things in this season that I prophetically feel for us and that we've got to be open to is that when you're entering into a season like we are or wanting to take ground and are wanting to move into new space, expect faith and favor to come from unlikely people. Expect faith and favor to come from unlikely people. I wouldn't have expected the prostitute Rahab to inspire these spies to put faith into their hearts and to have favor at her at the cost of her risk of her own life. But it was that faith that they, they that they got that they took back to Joshua and that actually the people of God went off on. Expect expect in this season, expect in this season that God will put unexpected and unlikely people in your path to help you on your journey. She protected them. She strategically helped them. She said, don't go back this way. Go, Go up to the hill country, wait there for three days, and then come out. An unlikely person. I wouldn't have imagined her to be the most strategic person in the world if I had my, my, my kind of generic lens on. But yet somehow God uses this lady to help these people step into what God has for them. And I feel like God is going to put people like that in our lives. Whether it's a job that you need, whether it's a business you want to start, or a church you're going to plant, actually God will use unlikely people to bring, put faith and open the doors for you to step into things. And, and we've got to be looking for those people. And when those people come, don't think that they, that's actually God's gift to you. Don't despise those people. Ask God, who is my Rahab? Where is my Rahab in this moment? Because expect a Rahab as we go forward in this season. The second person that I want to speak, uh, their fa- of, the, speak of their faith is the faith of Rahab. And this is a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal lady. You know that Rahab is in the genealogy of Jesus in Matthew chapter 1. So there are four women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus, or genealogy of Jesus, genealogy of Jesus. Three of them, one is an adulteress, two of them are adulterers, and one is a prostitute. But God specifically mentions them in the, in, the, in the ancestry of Jesus as we get to Jesus. And Rahab was actually the great-grandmother of King David. Prostitute to great-grandmother of King David. Ancestor of the great king, Jesus. How does that work, Lord? That's how it works with the gospel about to tell you how it works no matter how bad your past no matter how bad your past no matter how bad what you've done in your past the blood of Jesus the scarlet thread that hangs out that window is powerful enough to give you a new future that is the wonder of the gospel friends it is the wonder of this amazing gospel that we serve, that we know, this Jesus who shed his blood, whose, whose blood ran scarlet on that day, his, we put our trust in what he did, we put our trust in what he, what he said, and we live our lives according to that in belief in him, and we hide ourselves in him, and friends, God's future for us is completely different to his past, our past that we can believe in. We see this lady quoted, not only in Matthew, we see this lady quoted in James chapter 2. In the same way, verse 25, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spars and sent them off in a different direction? You see, this lady had a believing faith that, act, that had action attached to it. You see, friends, to say that we believe in God is different to saying that we trust in God. Many people believe in Jesus, and actually, if you went into the home affairs form and they said religion, you would tick the Christian box because you believe in Jesus. But it's different to trusting in Jesus, because trusting in Jesus is the ability to actually do what He says. You so trust Him, and ra- and, and she's marked out as being one whose actions coincide with her trust and her belief in this God. That she is not; she's a baby. This is baby faith. This is brand new faith. This is, I've heard the stories of your people faith. And I think your God is the big, bigger God. I'm going to trust him. I'm putting my life in his hands. To the point that I will risk my own life, hide your way when the king and these soldiers come. You see, this faith is, is, is brought together with action. It's trusting faith. And then lastly, we see in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31, it says this, By faith, the prostitute Rahab, because she welcomed the spies, was not killed with those who were disobedient. You see, this faith that she had, friends, was saving faith. It was a saving faith. It was a faith that actually knew that this God was big enough to save. And she cuts a deal with them. She cuts a deal with these spies. And they say, no problem, our life for your life. They say, our life for your life. You see, friends, in this, in this woman, Rahab, we see the first recorded Gentile convert to Christianity. It's the first time recorded. There are others that joined the part of God's people were they were not like the other la- nations around them that alienated people, that aliens weren't allowed to become p- part of. Actually, God's heart was that he wanted to redeem the nations through his people. He wanted, you see, this, what we see here in this lady Rahab is the faith for mission that God puts in our heart. To reach others that are different to us, to reach others that are beyond us. The mission of God, the concern of Jesus for the despised of this world the concern of Jesus for the lost of this world, the concern of Jesus for the rejected of this world. Do we have space in our hearts to see Rahab saved? I would ask us in this season. Because you see, taking ground is not just about buildings and leases and, and, and physical stuff. Actually, it's about people. It's about the mission of God. It's about Rahab's coming to faith. Millions and thousands and hundreds and thousands of Rahabs coming to faith and saying, your God is bigger than the God that I know. I want to be part. I want to get in on the action. Please show me how I can be saved. In Rahab, we begin to see this. And I want to say to you this morning, if you are Rahab and you think it's impossible For God to erase your past. I want to say that's not how God thinks. If you are Rahab, and maybe you are sitting here, and maybe you physically have been a prostitute, and you think, actually, I've been sullied, I've been dirtied. Friends, I want to say again, your past is washed clean by the blood of Jesus, And you are given a future that you cannot imagine. And if you are Rahab, and if you're Rahab sitting here this morning, I want to say to you there is promise for you, there is hope for you, there's an incredible life ahead for you. It's there for you. Nobody is out of the reach of the love of God. Absolutely nobody. You can play. No matter what your past, no matter who you are, no matter what your education, no matter what your financial standing, no matter what all the categories that people put on us and the world puts on us, it's not that that secures our future. It's it's walking with Jesus. It's knowing Him. It's putting our trust in Him. It's putting our saving faith in Him and then allowing Him to put us into what He has for us, friends. We learn this from Rahab. You see, Rahab is a model of our journey to faith. She took great risk. Faith, friends, will require us to risk. Will require us to risk, and saving faith, friends, is going to require us to risk all our preconceived ideas of what Jesus is and who Jesus is, and what the church is and what the church isn't. It's going to. It's going to. We're going to have to risk our reputation. We, in this world particularly, we're going to have to risk many things to say, Jesus, you are above all things, and I want to follow you. And I want to say this morning, friends, this, this moment is a moment of great risk in one way, but it also comes with great promise on the other hand. So it's, it's a risk that is actually well balanced with the promise of God. And in between that, is this thing called faith. You see, Rahab is a model of our journey. You see, she led them to the most secret part of her house. And then she told them the most secret beliefs of her heart, that their God is good. You see, this saving faith that Rahab had, this faith that Rahab has, allows gods into the secret parts of our lives. Puts, puts God into the secret places, into the dark places, and allows Him to bring freedom to us. This is the faith that Rahab shows us. Jesus wants access, friends, to the secret parts of our lives, not just to the good-looking parts of our lives. Jesus wants access, friends, to the vulnerabilities of our lives. Jesus wants access to the darkness of our lives. And My promise to you is this. Because of this God that I know, is that when you give him access to the deepest parts, the secret parts, the darkest parts, he brings freedom to you. He doesn't bring condemnation to you. This is what Rahab begins to teach us. She teaches us without the scarlet cord, we are finished. Without the blood of Jesus, without the work of Jesus on the cross, there is no hope. Without the death of Jesus and the burial of Jesus and the resurrection of Jesus, friends, there is no hope. We don't put our hope in politicians. We don't put our hope on economies. We don't put our hope in anything. Everything else will be temporal. Everything else will be not lasting. Everything else will disappoint you. But friends, when you put your hope in the scarlet cord at the thread of your window, In the blood of Jesus, in the finished work of Jesus, He gives us life. He keeps us alive, and He gives us life, and He gives us a future. You see, they say to Him, Our lives for your lives. And friends, right now this morning, Jesus says to you, My life for your life. That's the gospel. Jesus says, if you will give me your life, I will give you my life. If you will give me your dirty life, your horrible life, your disappointing life, your critical life, your grumpy life, I will give you my resurrection life. You give me your life, and I will give you my life. Friends, it is a great exchange. It is an awesome, awesome deal. And if you're sitting here this morning and you're thinking, actually, Yeah, friends, that's what it is. You're exchanging life. You're exchanging your temporal, earthly life for His eternal life. Infinite eternal life. Rahab teaches us, without the scarlet cord, without the blood of Jesus, we are absolutely finished. She teaches us that we must stay indoors if we want to see what God works through our lives. You know, friends... When trouble comes, we don't jettison Jesus and turn to our own strength. When trouble comes, we actually stay indoors. We stay in him. Even when we don't know what's happening outside, we know that the safest place we can be is in him. And Rahab's faith teaches us that actually if you will put your faith in Jesus and stay in him, even when you hear the rumblings and the earthquakes and all sorts of things happening, if you just stay there, if you just stay there, if you stay with Him, if you learn to persevere in Him, if you learn to understand Him, it's in those moments where you are indoors that you learn more about Him than more about yourself than any place else. Yeah. Remember, friends, her house was built into the wall. And if you know the story of Jericho, they march around the, 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 wall of, the walls of Jericho and the walls fall down which means that her house should have fallen down. But you see, when the scarlet thread is there, when the blood of Jesus is covering our lives, I want to remind you if you've walked with Jesus for a long time about this gospel that we have, that we are meant to be so passionately excited about, like the Larson's, after generation to generation. And we never give up. We never stop growing. We never stop knowing more about him. But we've got to stay indoors. You've got to stay in him. As soon as you step outside of him, you're in part of the crumbling wall, yes. not part of the secure wall. And Rahab teaches us that we've got to stay in him if you want to be safe and secure your future. It's an amazing thing. Rahab speaks on behalf of her act of risk, one person's act of risk saves a whole family. Have you ever thought that it's your faith that could see your whole family changed? That could see your whole community changed? If you can get them indoors with you. Friends, the gospel, the gospel moves around dining room tables more efficiently than it does from pulpits. The gospel, inviting those people inside, inviting those people into the secret places, inviting people into vulnerability, inviting people around your dining room table, keep them not only inside your house, but getting them to come inside of Christ will save people. And friends, our responsibility as we see here, this is the first recorded Gentile, First, the mission of God is actually to see those people come into our lives and see them redeemed and, put, and given a future in Him. It carries on then in, verse, in chapter 6. It says this. In verse 23. So the young men who had done now, the, the, this is after, after Jericho's fallen down. And they, Joshua said to the young men who had spied out the land, go into the prostitute's house and bring her out, all who belong to her in accordance with the oath that we made to her. So the young men went in and They brought her out. They brought her entire family and put them in a place outside the camp of Israel. When you read that, you think, cheapest, that's not a great deal. But you see, there's a process of coming towards God and coming into his people. For them, they were unclean. They They had to get clean again. They were Gentiles. They were unclean. They had to be outside the camp. I have a brilliant, brilliant news for you today, is that Jesus went outside the camp so that we can stay inside the camp. You see, this is the gospel. Jesus was Rahab. Even though he wasn't Rahab, he became Rahab. Jesus became a prostitute so that we could get free. He took on our sin so that we could get free. He took on whatever your faults are, whatever your baggage is, whatever your passes. He brings that on, and he takes that outside the camp, and he, sta- and he leaves it there. And, and, and the Jews had this, this tradition where they would put their hands on a goat called the scapegoat. And the reason why they put their hands on this goat is that the transference of all the sin of the people would go into the goat, and the goat would go into the wilderness. And that's what the gospel has done for us. All of Jesus was that scapegoat. Jesus was the one that was outside the camp so that we could stay inside the camp. Friends, the wonder of the gospel has got to again breathe life in our hearts. No matter how old we are, no matter how long we've walked with Jesus, the wonder of the gospel is an incredible thing. But this is what it carries on to say in verse 25. End with this. But Joshua spared Rahab the prostitute with her family, And all who belonged to her because she hid the men Joshua had sent as spies into Jericho. And listen to this. And she lives among the Israelites to this day. To the point that she marries David's great grandfather. Friends, I want to say to you in this walk with Jesus, in this life with Jesus, you've got to join the people of God. You've got to be part of the people of God. It's part of the package. You can't have Jesus without his body. You can't have Jesus without the church, without the local church. You see what happens here, you see that she gives up being a Canaanite to become an Israelite. You see when we are saved, we our citizenship changes. And Rahab teaches us to walk into what we have, we've got to make sure that we're living out of the right citizenship. We're not, li- we're not living as Canaanites, we're living as Israelites. We're not living as deadbeats, as those that are frowned upon, or those that are in our own strength. We're living as those that are called Christians, that are followers in Jesus, that rely on his strength for everything that we do. You see, where's your citizenship? Is your citizenship in heaven or is it on in her on earth? Where is our citizenship? What she does is she changes nations. You see, to become a Christian, friends, is not just to cross a line and say, "Well, that's it. I've got my barcode now. When we go to hell, I'm going to get scanned and I'm not going to get burned." That's not Christianity. In fact, that was never Christianity. Christianity is I take on his li- I give him my life to take on his life. I, t- I give them all of my life. All of my life, friends. Every part of who I am. I own nothing anymore. I own none of my past anymore. I own nothing anymore. I own, my money's not my own. My possessions are not my own. My life is not my own. My wife is my own, but not my own. <laughs> and, we, and, we, and we're actually saying this, Jesus, it's all about you. You've got to be careful what you say nowadays. And then we walk out the promises of God with the people that God's put in our lives, friends. That's why our home groups is such an important thing. You know what? Our promises are, are always secure and amen in Christ. But living and walking out those promises, friends, are walked out with the people that you have around you. When you find your people... You have the ability to walk into the promises of God in a much greater way, in a much greater capacity than what you would if you didn't have people. Are the promises there? Are the promises in the people of God? No. The promises are in Jesus. But friends, God gives us people around us so that we can walk into them. And Rahab teaches us this. He says, if you want to be saved, make sure the blood of Jesus is still part of your everyday walk with God. You don't outgrow the blood of Jesus. You don't outgrow the gospel the gospel actually becomes more and more real to you. It doesn't get reduced in any way. If you want to live in this place, if you want Joshua's faith, Joshua's faith saw and started moving towards it. Rahab's faith was a faith that actually saw how big God was and began to partner with his people, begin to rely on the blood of Jesus, to wipe away your past and give you a future, and to put ourselves into the Presence and the people of God, so that when we are streak, when we are weak, he can, we can be strong with them. That actually our gifts can be moved amongst us, that we can learn from each other. This is what Rahab starts to teach us. This is a very, very important part of what God has for us. And I want to challenge every single one of us, friends. Have you got room for Rahab? And if you are Rahab, turn to the living God and let Him wipe away your past. Put your faith in Jesus. And if you've walked away from God or you've walked away from His people, I want to say to you this morning, put your faith back in God and get amongst His people and let God's promises into your life come to fruition. In Jesus' name. Amen.